Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Counter Charge. I'm Rob Enough. Tonight we have a recap of the Iowa GT recently held over Labor Day weekend in Des Moines, Iowa. Huge thanks to Floyd and Bill for the recordings and we look forward to hearing from them again in the future. It is currently 5 a.m. We are on the road from Omaha, Nebraska to Des Moines, Iowa. I'm in the car with Floyd. Morning. And uh, we're going to pick Dan up. And the Outlanders are heading to Des Moines to participate in the Iowa GT. So this is Bill Harvat, Countercharge Midwest correspondent, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're we're on our way. It's going to be pretty cool. We're looking forward to seeing what Stefan DeRose has for us. I think it's Stefan. Is it Stefan or Stephen? I thought it was Stephen, but is I... it Stephen? It's spelled Stefan. So <laughs> there's people who like spell their name Stefan and want to be a Stefan. And there's people who spell their name Stefan and want to be a Steven. So, I don't know. We'll just say Steven because that's what Floyd thinks. So, we're going to head to Des Moines. We're going to smash face with our tractors. Beep, beep, mother truckers. And then we're going to head home. So, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Chris Kapsner is going to be there. So, we'll, we'll see. He might just uh, win the whole thing take it back to Minnesota for everybody and they'll be rejoicing in the north however I think that um, we're going to have a good showing because we've got Dan we've got Floyd we've got uh, myself and then I believe Russ and Travis are headed up there and Travis is no slouch he took uh, best general at Lady of the Lake. I need to actually show up and <clears throat> do well today because I uh, was challenged by Jesse Berglund in round one. Actually, I was ch challenged by Jesse Berglund and I was challenged by John Becker and had to turn John Becker down, unfortunately, because uh, Jesse had already made the challenge. So, but. Hopefully I'll play John Becker later on and it'll be a, a rematch from Lady of the Lake in the last round, which will be fun. So, uh, all right, so we're going to go get, going to go get Dan here and then we're going to be on the road. We'll check back in once we've talked to Dan, um, once we pick him up and get his thoughts everybody's thoughts <laughs> once we're more awake because it is 5 a.m. <laughs> Need more pumpkin spice. I know, right? 5.42 now and we are on the road to Des Moines having to leave one of our brothers behind, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, when you don't get up and get out of the house, we have, we can't really do anything about it, so... This is farm country. We should be awake at this time. I know, right? Sorry, Dan. Hopefully Dan wakes up and can drive out. So, we are headed to Des Moines. And, yeah. So, Floyd, this is going to be your second tournament, right? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you played at Bug Eater so far, and that was a pretty good experience, right? What, what did you think of Bug Eater? Oh, I had a, I had a great time. I, uh, I went... Four and one, which put me, I think, I third from last place. But you know that was better than I was expecting because I was thoroughly expecting to be last place. Maybe my paint score kept me aloft a little bit. But, uh, right on. So you you had one win and four losses then. 
but uh, or was it four wins and one? Loss? Yeah, sorry, it, uh, <laughs> one win, four losses. No, it's all good. If you went four and one, you would have been like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm in the see, top. Uh, the, the caffeine hasn't kicked in still. Uh, it's all good. Hey, you know what though? That's all right. You got five experience games in, you know. So that's that's you know, my first tournament I played, you know, back when I was playing 40k, which was uh, probably my my uh, that was my second real game that I played other than Warhammer Fantasy, but it was the first game I actually played tournaments in, and I. I think my first tournament, I, I was playing Tau at the time, because they were the hot new army. I went like 0-3 in a one-day tournament, and then I went, you know, my second tournament, I went 0-3, and then I finally got my Blood Angels army, and then I started, like, winning a little bit more, but, yeah, Tau weren't very good, or I, I, I wasn't very good, that's for sure, and, you know... So I didn't even win games in my first tournaments, but but you you're skipping like the one day tournaments. You're just going straight to the grand tournaments. Yeah, which is pretty well, cool. and this is my, this is my first war game. Yeah, I've never played any other war game before, and I've been I played dwarfs and undead a little bit, um, just you know pick up games mostly by teaching other people. So before Bug Eater, I had only played against somebody more experienced than me than one than me once. So. Uh, it was, a, it was a pretty, uh, it was, you know, baptism by fire sort of thing. Also made me figure out that I didn't want to play dwarfs anymore. And I decided that I was, after Bug Eater, I was going to paint up a whole new army in time for Iowa GT. So I painted up about 2,800 points worth of ogres. Uh, so I had some options. I got to test out some stuff. So I, I feel like I have a better grasp of both the game and kind of like how this army works. So hopefully it uh, pans out for me. Yeah, and that's that's a really fun aspect of this hobby that I love to dive into as well. Um, is just modeling and painting new armies. Um, I'm, I'm very hooked on that. And I not only play this game, but um, I play Star Wars Legion. And I've got a Rebel and Imperial Army painted up for that game. So that, that's a lot of fun for me. But, but as far as... Um, this hobby goes, this will be your second Kings of War army, right? Or no, third, because you've third. got Undead as well, right? So Yeah, because I started out with that, the, uh, like the starter, the two-player starter yeah. kit or whatever. Man. Pretty think, well as like a hobby thing. That's It started out as a hobby project. Did I, I think you turn? went the wrong way, bud. <laughs> I think I did. We just <laughs> took a wrong turn. It's all right. We're, we're already experiencing several delays on our way to Des Moines. <laughs> That's why we padded the time. Yeah, and we've got time to talk here. Yeah, the, the cool thing here is that uh, about Kings of War is just you can fully immerse yourself in this hobby. I know that I've got an undead army. That's kind of what I started with. And uh, as far as Kings of War back in 2015, I went to... Um, I think it was 2015 I started playing and I actually started with a GW Dwarves Army and then I sold that because I bought into a uh, Mantic Undead Army and then I played that at the 2016 uh, Adepticon and uh, I think I was like 10th or 11th in that. That was fun. I was uh, I actually lost to the guy that won the whole thing in the last round which was kind of a bummer because it was like oh man I just like I got my butt kicked so bad in the last round that the the guy that won the whole thing skyrocketed above like two tables worth of people to win the thing so but I did pretty well you know I went four and two in that that was back when they were doing six rounds which was crazy four and two is pretty good I really like the five game format of the, over the six game format because it helps you to get back home in time and I feel like five games is plenty I don't know about you six games is is great you know if you've got the time but it's nice to get back home at a reasonable time on Sundays so I think after about five my brain is pretty much spent yeah mine too <laughs> I agree uh but yeah um but I digress the uh the army and the, the army's in the and just the modeling is really great in this game. Uh, 
started with Undead, then I moved on to Ogres, and I played those at Lady of the Lake a couple years ago, and that was a lot of fun. Then I moved on to League of Rordia, I have a League of Rordia army. And then I've got my Abyssals, which are probably my favorite army right now. I really love my Abyssals. They fit my playstyle really well, and they're a lot of fun. They're fast, and they're, they hit hard. They're kind of glass hammers, but really good army. Was able to take third place with them at Lady of the Lake this year, which was a lot of fun. Um, I, I also started a goblin army, which was what I took to, uh, to Bug Eater. And the goblins are a lot of fun, but they're kind of a hard army to play quickly. I nearly timed out in like two of my games, so <laughs> I, I only lost one game at Bug Eater, which was Chris Kapsner, who took the whole thing. Um, but because my army wasn't, you know, modeled up real well and the paint jobs weren't completely finished, um, I really suffered in that tournament and didn't even place in the top half, even though I only lost one game the whole tournament. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun, though. And I think that this tournament is quite, is, is very battle-focused as well. So, the, the moral of the story, though, is that you can be a person like me who uh, buys every army under the sun and models it up and ends up playing it in tournaments, or you can uh, be a person who just gets one army and doesn't do that. <laughs> so well, the, yeah, the hobby part of it was what got me started, and then yeah. I was painting, I painted up all the Reaper miniatures I had, and I said, you know, I need... Need something to do with all this stuff, or it's just going to gather dust on the shelf. And that's you know, looked around for uh, a fantasy game. And I, I, I had friends way back in the day that played Warhammer, so I looked that up and then realized it doesn't exist anymore. So somebody had directed me to Kings of War, and that seemed like a. Uh, and I didn't know anybody that played at the time, and so I got the two-player army. I was like, I'm just going to rope my friends into playing me until I uh, <laughs> until I you know get a little group going together, and then I. Uh, discovered there's a pretty big community in Lincoln, so I started hanging out with the, you know, Hobie and John Jack and those guys, and um, and then I found out that you know that you played, and then you're like you got to come to Bug Eater, so I I was pretty skittish about the idea of playing in a competitive tournament when I had played maybe four games, <laughs> but uh, I had a good time. It was a it was a that was a good I, I felt like that was a good entry into the uh, the gaming world of it. And, I had a lot of fun just meeting people and talking and stuff. And that might be actually the, uh, my favorite part of it. Maybe if I get really awesome, I'll be like, oh, I'm, I love playing in tournaments because I'm competitive. But right now, I'm just kind of like hanging out and talking to people and learning the game. Yeah. It's, it's a great community, too. Um, I really love going to these tournaments. And, you know, usually you'll see a Shannon Shoemaker or Chris Kapsner or... You know, a friend, you, you get to be friends with people that live in cities, you know, across the United States, which is pretty cool. Like, the Texas guys are a lot of fun. Um, sometimes they'll make it out to tournaments like Lady. Um, I'm hoping that some of them make it out to Bison Brawl, which is in Oklahoma City in two weeks. I'm going to be going to that one as well. But um, this year has been pretty great for me because I'm getting to do, you know, four or five GTs, which is, which is great, you know. I went to Adepticon, did Lady of the Lake. I'm doing uh, Iowa GT this weekend. Going to do Bison, and then I'm going to try and make it up. I've already registered, so I, you know, I better go. Going to go to um, Renegade GT, which uh, John Becker is putting on in Minneapolis. So that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be another kind of go up there on a Friday night or something and play the games on Saturday and Sunday and head back home. So, And Minneapolis isn't too bad from Omaha. So Yeah, it's about seven hours. Yeah. Drive up there a lot. Well, twice a year, maybe. So we're going to arrive at 7.46 a.m., which is good because the registration starts at 8.15. 
So what are you most looking forward to at this tournament, Floyd? What do you what do you think? What are your what are your hopes and aspirations? My, my <laughs> hopes are just to place slightly better. I, I feel like um, I either win or I, I learn something. So uh, that's kind of how I approach every game. And um, everybody that you know, with the, the Outlander group and the guys in Lincoln that I've played with in the last couple months to sort of prep for this have given me a lot of good pointers and uh, showed me how to kind of adjust my thinking and help me hone my list a little bit and do do some interesting uh, sort of approaches to how I play the ogre list. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I, I sat down and, and wrote quite a, quite a few extensive notes on different approaches for scenarios and, and things like that, but you know, you, you do all that planning, and then as soon as somebody hits you in the face, all you know, all that goes out the door. So we'll see how well how well spending a lot of time pre-planning meets contact with the enemy. <laughs> yeah, I think that you you've got the army for it too, because ogres are definitely an army that they can grind for sure, and I feel like they're a little bit more forgiving as far as you know. You can make a mistake here and there with ogres, I feel like, and it's not going to cost you the game. Whereas I feel like dwarves, because of their lack of speed, they, they're definitely grindy as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, I just feel like ogres have a lot of great tools that can uh, swing things back in your direction. And the ogre shooters are, or the boomers rather, Boomers and shooters are great. I still, I know everybody's jumped off the shooters bandwagon, but I still love shooters. Um, and now that boomer sergeants are like awesome, they're they they really bump them up. I think that they're going to do great for you too. So yeah, I I, I had a uh, I had a boomer horde and a boomer regiment after I, I played Travis Tim. He um, kind of pointed me in the direction of the fact that the boomer sergeant only has one less attack, but nimble. Um, now their melee, melee is not that great, but you're not usually using him for melee anyway. Right. So I yeah, swapped out the regiment and added another boomer sergeant. That feels like it plays a lot better. So yeah, I think that's going to be great for you. Plus, all those uh, all those characters you've got are actually scoring units because they're not individuals. So yeah, just the, the goblin bigot's the only one that's uh, not a scoring unit. Yeah, so you've got a solid amount of scoring there. You'll probably do really great on uh, stuff like Dominate will be a good scenario for you, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ogres are a great army to uh, kind of dive into competitive tournaments with. I know that uh, Nick Williams over in the UK, he's an excellent Ogre player, and... Uh, he did really well at Adepticon with his ogres. He really likes ogre chariots, though. So I don't know. If you, do you got any ogre chariots? Not yet, but Not I, yet. I I yeah. like the models enough that I'm going to paint some up regardless of whether I use them. Yeah. So and you never know because in October everything's going to reset anyway because we're going to have version three. So and uh, you know this year I started off the year thinking I was going to make it the year of my Rordia army. But then I fell in love with the idea of making that green Abyssal's army. So it's become more of the year of the Abyssal's, <laughs> even though I strayed from my off to do goblins for a tournament, which I'll come back to goblins eventually, but they're, they're not really totally my play style. But um, we'll, do, um, we'll do next year is going to be this. Uh, as soon as October hits, it's going to be um, version three time. And... I have a. I went ahead and pre-ordered like an entire Northern Alliance army, so it's going to be modeling and playing that alongside my abyssals. So, and then you know I'm going to have to get rid of something because I've got too many armies. But it'll probably either be the ogres because they're GW, or it'll end up being like the remnants of my uh, Varengur army that I was working on but never actually saw the table now that northern alliance is out i don't really see any reason to keep 
the Varinger since I'm going to play Northern Alliance, but and I'm sure my Northern Alliance army could probably end up doubling as a Varinger army when that comes. So I'm kind of holding my breath on any anything new, but like I feel like I'm the only person that I've talked to so far that doesn't have a whole new army planned to come out once uh, third edition drops. I'm since I just finished an army, I'm like, maybe I should just get good at playing these guys before I jump around again. Yeah, that, there's something to be said about that. I mean, the moment you start playing an army and stick with it is when good things start happening. I've noticed. There's, I feel like a player who's played their army and knows it inside and out has an advantage over a guy who might have a better army but hasn't had the experience with it. And that's... Uh, very true when you look at people like Chris Kapsner, who's stuck with his uh, herd army for quite a while. He's just kept playing that army and kept playing that army, and he just keeps winning tournaments with it. He knows it so well. He knows the strengths and the weaknesses of that army, and I think he's got it in a place where, for version two, he doesn't really need to make any changes. He just knows that he can perform well with it, and it's either he's going to win with it or He's going to face an opponent who knows what they're doing a little better or maybe he has, maybe has an army with a little bit more of a, a better build but, you know, might be exploiting a few things. You never know. <laughs> I know that the guy that he played in the last round at Bug Eater had an army. He was painting on my kitchen table the night before and... <laughs> Uh, he, he just had a whole bunch of units with the throwing mastiffs in it and or the whatever the abyssal dwarf version of that is but um, he just had a bunch of regiments and uh, just a really grindy hitty army that could deal with just about anything and that player ended up taking best general he was you know he he played it well, of course, as well, but I think he just kind of knew this army would work well, and he brought it, and it did what he thought it would do. Nothing wrong with that, so. Um, also, Abyssal Dwarves are really good. <laughs> but, they, they certainly look cool, and that's, that's like number one for me in, in, yeah. in army selection is uh, what would it be enjoyable to paint and what would look cool in the table. Yeah, back when I still had my dwarves, though, it was kind of like, I don't want to have an Abyssal Dwarves and a Dwarves Army. <laughs> it's either one or the other, so. But, uh, all right, well, we're going to keep driving and heading out to Des Moines, and we'll check in later. We've been talking for quite a while already, so have a good day. Talk to you later. It's time to talk about regions. We are at a noisy bar, and I thought it might be a good idea in to try Moines, this in Des Moines. So I'm gonna backseat narrate for you. Yeah, go ahead. Tell us, tell us <laughs> no, I said backseat narrate. Okay, so do you just want me to go into it? Yeah. All right, fine. So who was who qualified for Masters out of the Mountain Region last year? Do you know the list offhand? I don't know. Okay, follow-up question: How many of those of those eight players that we don't know? Live in a state that has at least one mountain in it. Zero, I think. <laughs> okay, what states are we adding? Uh, we're adding Iowa, Iowa and, and Missouri. Missouri. How many states do the or how many mountains do those states have combined? I believe zero. Well, Missouri has the Ozarks. Okay, fine. They yeah, whatever. They don't count. So, so what are we discussing here? That was a brutal cross examination. I, I don't want by it to come way. from my mouth <laughs> because I've already that. said it before. And okay. Well, I've got the whole Great Lakes thing, but I don't think I'm allowed to totally restructure the regions. But we're talking about the mountain region and how, yes, it has Colorado. But otherwise, really, the Midwest is split between two regions, right? We've got the region we call the Midwest and the mountain. I just realized that my air quotes that I just did are not making it onto the audio recording, but we're going to go with it. But the mountain region that consists more of flat states. So what would you, what would you, Bill, what would you call a flat area of land? A plain. <laughs> and what would you call a region with a significant number of plains? 
the Great Plains. <laughs> I don't actually Therefore, have I don't know. All right. How many people at this table are in the are in the uh, mountain region? You two? Yeah. So only two of us. Minnesota's Midwest, but yeah, but I mean, Midwest, the Midwest as a not as a Kings of War region, but as a geographic area, is definitely split between two regions. But as outsiders, would, what would you call us? What would you say we are? As Nebraskans? Yeah, yeah. What what would you say our region is? You'd be like you'd be part of the Midwest, right? Right. No, but if flyover country. Any, oh, well, there's flyover country. That would work too. Um. Yeah, right. So, Great Plains would be a more accurate description than Mountain. Right. So, so I would I would say that we should be renamed for 2020 the Great Plains region, and that just makes more sense. I think the Great Plains region is we what we need. Make it happen, rules committee. Here's an interesting alternative. <laughs> what states are left in the Midwest region once we give them Iowa and Missouri? Minnesota, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin. Michigan, probably. Wisconsin, but I Wisconsin? think we should give them no, away, no. too. No, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Bear with me. Wisconsin, Michigan, is there anybody else? Indiana, Illinois. Okay, not uh, all of those states. No, we gave them Missouri. All of those states border on a significant geographic feature. Yeah. So why don't we rename you guys the Midwest and we be like Great Lakes or something? I don't know. That's up to the. That's up to people that, unfortunately, I haven't been able to influence as of yet. But I'm trying. But I, I'd be happy with Great Plains. Really, we're the Midwest, and you guys are the Great North or the, that's the Northern you Kingdom. You guys go Midwest, and we go Great Lakes. Yeah, Great Lakes region. I'm fine with that. But I just, you know, being the mountain region, there's like two players. Like Tyler and one other guy that play in Denver, Colorado. Uh, are yeah. some players in the mountain region who do live near mountains? Yeah, but I feel like we should we should definitely make a change just because mountain region just doesn't click with ninety percent of our <laughs> player base. But that's all right. We've talked about it. We've had some beers. We're having fun, and Iowa GT is pretty great so far. What do you guys think? Hey, I'm feeling good. I, I, won, I, won I know Jesse likes it. Um, I still happy. don't know. Is it day two? The ridiculous, over-the-top special character that every tournament in the area needs to have comes in. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen the rules for it yet. But uh, yeah, we'll get back to you with more. Keep on countercharging. Alright Floyd, it is, uh, day one is over of the Iowa GT, Yep. and uh, we both played three games today, right? Yep. So uh, what do you think of the Iowa GT so far, and how are you doing? I, I'm having a great time, every uh, game has been challenging, uh, but not too hard in either direction. I've, I've won two so far, lost one, so about 35 points. So uh, hoping, uh, hoping tomorrow I can at least continue to streak. But I've already, I've already beaten my bug eater record, so I'm good. Nice. I'm at least happy with that. Nice. Yeah, you're kicking butt. Two and one is a good record for the day. I am also sitting at two and one. Uh, Jesse Berglund, who challenged me, decided to bring a bunch of shooty elves and shot me off the table. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty brutal. Um, Everything that I needed to stay on the table, like it was just like, oh, we're just gonna roll really well and just shoot everything to death and no luck for Bill. And then I cried. I was in the fetal position for about 30 minutes. No, no, it was really <laughs> cool. And Jesse's a great guy. Um, he played really well. Um, he just played his army really well and kicked my butt. So there you go, round one. Round two, I played Eldon. And uh, he had undead, and I haven't played an undead against an undead army in a long time. I was able to pull that one out. I did fairly well in that game, and then I played John. Mer is it Mercury? I can't remember. I'm sorry. Um, Mercurella, I think, is his last name. John M. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to remember his name, and I'm butchering it, and that's not good. But anyway, I played John in the third round, and he had elves again. But uh, it was a very bloody battle, and I was able to pull out the win just because it wasn't dominate. 
because dominate is my worst scenario with abyssals. <laughs> so we got it out of the way in round one. But yeah, if you want to see me lose a game of Kings of War, just play dominate against me while I'm playing my abyssals, and it'll probably happen. But um, other than having that, you know, thorn in my side, I don't think I've won a game of dominate with abyssals in ever. But anyway. Um, having a good time. We're just about to roll up to the party. Uh, I think they're having a bonfire and a good time thing here. We're heading up to, I can't remember, is it Dave's house, Dan. I guess? Dan's house? Yeah. So he's putting on one of them good old parties that the Omaha crew puts on and the Lady of the Lake puts on. So they're following suit and it's a great thing to do. We, we always enjoy it, so... So we're going to go party with Dan and the Des Moines crew, and a lot of the Minnesota guys are here, so we're going to go have a good time. So well done, Floyd. Thank and you. good luck tomorrow, and we'll <laughs> check in after the tournament, see how our last two rounds go. Hopefully both wins, and we'll just, you know, celebrate. But we'll celebrate anyway. All right. Here we are with Stephen DeRose, the man, the myth, the legend, the uh, tournament organizer for the Iowa GT. Yeah, how are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing great. Gosh, what an introduction like that. I mean, I'm, I'm on top of the world right now. You have successfully made it through the first day of Iowa GT, and you brought how many people out here for this? Uh, we wound up with 26. 26 people. For your first GT, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good amount of people here. So we've got um, 26 people. We're out at the Iowa Convention Center, and we had some really good food over at something Billy's. I don't even remember what's called, but that place. Is pretty I think it's cool. Buzzard Billy's. Buzzard I actually Billy's. have not been there myself, but right on. <laughs> that was pretty great. And then uh, we went back and finished our games and finished three out of five today and things seem to go pretty smoothly how, how how did day one go for you it it was pretty solid i mean it's it's been really nice i've had seems like everybody and their mother has come in and, and just kind of helped and supported and done all that that uh it's just been trying to make my life easy which has been really cool uh whether it's been the you know the club getting together in peyton or everyone's been offering scenery i've i've had so much prize support thrown in my general direction it's been a, a really, really just nice, straightforward time. I had really no idea how to work this WarScore software, and uh, that came together. Um, so, yeah, it, it, everything that I wanted to go right did go right. Awesome, man. Yeah, it seems like, you know, everything was pretty straightforward this time around. You just went with the book missions, which is really cool. Um, a, lot of, a lot of tournaments around have kind of been, like, thrown in, like, a night champion or like i think bison's doing the bison chip which will be like a a piece of poop that explodes apparently <laughs> i had not heard of that that's that's entertaining that's what a bison chip is isn't, isn't it it's a, it's a it's a bison you know excrement so anyway um but i guess he's uh um what is that that item called that explodes it's the uh, oh the crystal pendant yeah crystal pendant of retribution and so you can put that on your units for free for the bison brawl but but i i kind of appreciate this because it simplifies things and and i i know that you've got a lot of newer players here in iowa right kind of just getting them used to kings of war and talk about that you've got You've got a lot of new blood here for Kings of War, a lot of new players. Like you said, something like 11, 11 new players here in Iowa, right? Well, well right now there's there's 10 Iowa players here, Okay. Uh, not not including myself, who's obviously not playing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of interesting how it developed because I haven't been in Iowa all that long. I, I moved here October – no, I'm sorry, November of uh, 2016. So when, when, when I came out here, there was literally one guy – who would consistently show up to store the play. And there was a couple guys who were here half the time because the other half they were on ROTC. What's the term I'm thinking of? Um, reserve duty. And, uh, you know, the last guy just had, had family stuff and could only be there about half the time. So, I mean, it was it was a fledgling, <laughs> clinging to dear life kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's since then we've probably now gotten up to a solid, you know, six to eight guys in Des Moines. And then there's another group in Pella, that's, you know, a good four to six or so. 
Um, cool. So yeah, I mean that's it. it, it it's not. It, it's a young group, you know. The the I, I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna be the the lowest ranked club in in this this tournament. Uh, but that's that's okay, you know. We, we've we've got you know four guys here. This is their first um, grand tournament. Actually, think three of those four. I think this is their their first tournament period. Uh, so yeah, that's that's just a lot of growth for a, a pretty short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I I can see you know that that's the great thing about this hobby and what you're doing because you're bringing new blood into the hobby. You're bringing new players, and that's how you've got to do it. And you can be an encouragement to other you know people. <laughs> apparently, we're, apparently we're underneath the. Uh, Sewage system. <laughs> so, so this interview is being recorded in a basement, just for the record, yeah. because the party's going on upstairs. Yeah. So if you someone if you just hear... flushed, <laughs> and we're right underneath the pipes. All right then. So That's now you've right. got your scenic background music. It, it fits yeah. with the Bison Brawl uh, theme we had going on a moment yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, definitely. That that's just something that. Um, that you can you can say hey I'm building something great and and that's the cool thing about this tournament I love it it's it's you know we're just going straight from the book we're uh, just building our armies up 2200 points and it's just go through the book missions you know there's a lot of tournaments that have like special missions with you know different deployments like bug eater did or they have kind of certain themed missions but it's kind of refreshing just to kind of go back to those basic missions and just do a tournament that's based on those so so i really enjoy that and i know that it's a lot easier for uh the new players i know that something that you implemented for this tournament that was really cool was just having um you know deployment off the clock and then going on the clock for the actual tournament now i'm not going to say who it was or what round but i could tell that one of my opponents today may have been a newer player or someone who hasn't gotten to play very often they actually timed out in their game and i made sure that they were able to like go an extra turn and finish that turn all the way through it may have been detrimental to my overall score because he killed another unit and it made me cry a little bit but i (laughs) but i seriously you know i lost the first round against jesse he kicked my butt so i'm not winning the whole thing anyway but it's it's a great thing to just see like people encouraged by that and just getting used to the game and used to how the play goes and 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 how to actually have fun at a kings of war tournament because i i've seen a lot of smiles here and it seems like to me that you're doing a good thing here steven so um i appreciate that from my part I, i think you're doing a great job and uh so far, so good. We'll see. Those last two games could go horribly, and I'll change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> no, I think they're going to go good. So, um, But so far, so good, man. Um, I'm really excited about this. So this is the first one. You're going to do more next year, right? You're going to yep, do this yep. all again. It's going to so. become an annual thing. And I I think, because I've, I've, I've been running around back in my head, back and forth, trying to decide what, what to do with the whole, you know, do, do I spruce it up, make it more... You know, advanced with different scenarios and things of that sort of as, as the club grows in experience, or do I, I keep it plain and simple? And pretty much everyone has been saying, thank you for doing a simple tournament. For whatever reason, just it seems like in this area, all all the local GTs, whether it's Dragonfall or Lady of the Lake or Renegade or Bug Eater or Kings of Winter, I mean, th- those are all the close ones, and they all modify the rules in some significant way that they're GTs. So a lot of people like that. So I think what I'm going to do next year, and we're doing a prototype of it this year, is to have uh, a Sunday siege because we do this Labor Day weekend, so most people have Monday off. So after the five games are done, um, you know, you finish off early afternoon and on, on Sunday, guys who want to stay later can then do a big, you know, multiplayer mega siege battle kind of thing. My dream is to make it a siege of the Golden Horn and actually try and recreate the capital of Mantica and, and do something with that. And uh, we're, we're doing just a lot of practice siege battles lately. Today, or I'm sorry, tomorrow's going to be the first one. We're, we're doing um, a multiplayer siege, city siege thing uh, at um, Fields of Honor, which is uh, a multiple gaming system, mostly historical convention that's going to be happening um, actually the same week that uh, third edition comes out over in October. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that by the time we get to next year, we'll have a multi-battle siege system really play-tested, all the kinks worked out, all the scenery set up, and that will be what makes this one different and unique, that you can go through, play the, the standard games, 
have fun with it. And then when you're done, if you want to stick around longer, there will be that sort of special fun beer and pretzel kind of game when we're done. That sounds awesome. Yeah, man. And, and that'll put your own spin on it and kind of give you that theme. So, so yeah, I would, I would say, you know, um, I know that it's great for us here in, or us over in Omaha, because we've got, you know, something that's two hours away that we mm. can go to. That's also a GT. I know bug eaters. Hopefully you guys love bug eater and go out it's to that, fun. you know, yep. and then we, now we can go to Iowa GT and have fun with you guys. And we don't have to drive like five, six, eight hours to just get to a GT, you know? So, so that's really we, nice. <laughs> we are really blessed in terms of our location. I mean, you, you've got that, that group that's been around since the beginning of time in Omaha. And then you've got the twin cities, which, Seems like it's the capital of Kings of War in, in the Midwest, and right smack dab in the middle is Des Moines. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it makes it, uh, it gives us a lot of potential for growth going forward. Yeah, for sure, and, and you guys can travel not, you don't have to travel very far to get to tournaments, so that's pretty nice, you know, you can do everything in a semi, you know, within five hours area, so... So yeah, I'm I'm really excited for uh, you know day two tomorrow, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But best of luck in the in the future, and I hope that this continues for many years to come. I mean, it's two hours away. So I'll definitely be coming next year again, as long as the wife uh, you know allows it. So <laughs> it should be cool. And as long as uh, you know everything is uh, keeps going well for you, I think that right now you got a winner of a tournament. So keep it up, Stephen. Well, thank I just you very wanna, much. <laughs> I want to encourage you because you're doing a lot of hard work, and we appreciate it. So thanks, man, and I'm looking forward to day two. And awesome, glad to hear it. Thank you. Day two of the Iowa GT is complete, and we are headed back to Omaha. That was. A whole lot of fun, Floyd, wasn't it? It, it? it was, though the second day was way worse for me than the first day, but you know, I'm still, <laughs> I was still two wins, so that's one win ahead of Bug Eater, so I'm, I'm still, I'm still, pro, you know, making progress. That's yeah. It. Yeah, Floyd's making progress, so you went two wins and three losses, was that it? Yeah. Okay. And then I have regressed since my last tournament, because my day two was really rough. Um, I got a tie in my first game against Neil, and Neil had this Trident Realm army that was just like one of the most brilliant, brilliantly, is brilliantly a word? Anyway, but uh, brilliantly put together um, Trident Realm lists I think I've ever seen. I really liked the build of his army, and it made me like, man, I want that army. It's so cool. Um, but I can't do that. I need to hold off because I'm going to have Northern Alliance here pretty soon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, really awesome army. Really, really well made. Really well put together. And that uh, was a win, or that was a tie that pretty much could have been a loss if it had gone on to turn seven. So it was pretty rough. And then in the last round uh, was the raise scenario. And then I played... Uh, Alan was his name, and he had this really awesome Brotherhood army. So Brotherhood's another army that I just never get to play against. And it was uh, actually a really well-painted army. It was really beautiful. Um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, John Becker painted that army, and it's uh, his old Empire army. And it's really well-painted, looks great, super cool. Um, but anyway, I, we played the race scenario, and I played the thing wrong. Like, I didn't realize, I thought that, I kept thinking that you had to, like, at the beginning of the following turn, you could raise the objective, and I thought, oh, there's time, so I can just go in and smack them before they can raise it. But it's actually, like, at the end of the turn, as soon as you're on top of the objective. So he, like, flew some flyers over, because he had two hordes of those uh, flying... Uh, flying guys for the Brotherhood and so he just flew one over, got one of them and then he used his flying uh, hero character guy to go to get the other one. So um, it was it was going to be close and then I rolled a double one on something that needed to live and then I had a tie going but the double one kind of just like completely obliterated a, 
a full horde of lesser abyssals because they got charged pretty much in the flank and the front and uh, the unit that they were supposed to kill only died two turns later to my archfiend which I kind of had to do to have any sort of a chance to win. But yeah, a lot of things went wrong in that game and Alan played it really well. So so yeah, I won a tie and a loss in the last uh, last day and then it was uh, two wins, two losses, and a draw. So I was in, still in the top half overall for the tournament, but still, you know, not as good of a showing um, as at Lady of the Lake. I think that the loss of the night champion with that army really hurt it. You know, it is what it is. It'll be fun to... I, it's my army, and it's the same army I'm using for Bison Brawl, so um, I just got to get better with it. That's all. That's all there is to it. I'm sticking with the Bissels. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, Floyd, um, how'd your games go? Uh, so my, so I, I, I started the day with uh, 35 points, um, and I ended the day with 37. <laughs> so um, the first the first matchup was against a herd army that was very melee chargey focused and he had some uh, stampede that were just outside of my charge range and he s slammed into both of my units of, of siege breakers and routed them on the first turn or not the first turn but the first first engagement and then it just went to chaos from there and uh he kind of just cleaned house and then in the second game, it was uh, against an elf army, very shooter-heavy um, race scenario, which I did. I misunderstood how the race scenario worked, and my opponent misunderstood in a different way how the race scenario worked. And so by turn two, I was asked. I asked a neighbor about like have a rules question. He's like, "Oh no, you just you just destroy those things." And I'm like, I was sitting on top of my own and sitting on top of his in turn two, and I'm like, "Well, that." I misunderstood and he misunderstood because we would have made very different uh, kind of decisions based on that. So, you know, I didn't want to, uh, it wouldn't have been very sporting for me to just clean house on the second or third turn. So we sort of improvised the scenario, but by that point I was kind of out in the open and the, uh, the the elves cleaned my clock with all of the shooting and stuff. So it's not so great on the, those two games, <laughs> but... Uh, it was, you know, it was fun. I had, I had a good time. So, and you know, again, I'm, I, I, I better this time than I was last time. I think I'm going to stick with the ogre army. I'm probably going to get some chariots so I can get a little bit more mo mobility and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. This this tournament was really well put together. Uh, Steven did a great job running it. I think that, um, I think that Steven would. Uh, would do well. Um, I know a lot of people commented on this, but I mean, I know I would have loved to have it, but this is totally opinion, totally not something that necessarily should happen, but would be cool if it did. Um, just having some kind of a tournament reroll would be fun. Just so, because I, I rolled, I think it was like, I think that I did at least two, if not, I think the lowest I rolled in a game was two double ones. And then the most I rolled was like three. So it, it was just a double ones tournament for me. And some of them were all right and were, didn't really matter. Some of them happened at the most inopportune times and really contributed to my performance. But you know what? It's part of the game. I love it. I loved the tournament overall. I loved the bare bones. Um fun of just playing the book missions and playing things how they are I I really enjoyed the tournament um, I would say you know if there was anything that needed to change next year um, I don't think there is anything really I think they did a great job um, maybe maybe having a little more space in between the tables if possible just because it was kind of tight in there that's why you, you got to get a cart. Yeah, I know. I got to get a cart like Floyd's got. But, <laughs> but uh, other than it being a little tight in between tables, we were kind of, you know, one right next to the other. But uh, he kind of also had to do that just to fit in that room. It wasn't the biggest room. There wasn't all the space, obviously, that we have in the gymnasium at Bug Eater. But um, it also wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad. It didn't feel as cramped as maybe like 
it was just probably about on par with Adepticon as far as room. Um, but, um, you know, being spoiled with events like uh, the last uh, Lady of the Lake GT and the last Bug Eater, I would, you know, I, I, I love having that extra room. But, you know, that that's another thing, you know, that if we got that extra partition opened up, it may have or increased the cost of the tournament altogether. So, so it's, it's, you know, not something that you can't deal with. The party Saturday night, what'd you think of that, Floyd? Oh, man, it was a, it was a great time. Uh, Dan, Dan and his uh, wife hosted a very uh, cool, cool party. Big, you know, big yard. The weather was a little spotty here and there, but we, uh, you know, great food, uh, good conversation. You know, I couldn't ask for anything better at a social event after after three games of uh, you know smashing face. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was just great to hang out with the crew, uh, Chris Kapsner, John Becker, Kyle, like everybody was there. But uh, Jesse Brooklyn, that first game, um, it was really uh, really great to get to play him. He's such a good player, and his elf lit, elf list I feel was very much tailored to take me down so but it was it was uh i playing elves twice and then getting to play armies i didn't get to play that often like trident realms and brotherhood and even an undead player that that was something i don't face that often anymore because everybody's got um different armies in omaha you know so um getting to play against those armies is a highlight for me and also you know i I may have only won two of my games this weekend, but um, I did learn a lot. You know, there's you in a in a victory, you never really learn much, if anything. But in defeat, you definitely learn some stuff you can take away and bring into your next game and hopefully improve. Um, I feel like my my luck of the draw as far as opponents wasn't with me this time, um, and there were I mean. Just, just saying, like, everybody I played this weekend was playing really well. Um, and they did things that just, like, you know, made me think quite a bit. And there were several times where I just got outsmarted on things. I'm not even afraid to say it. It's just one of those things where I need to improve. I need to improve my tactics and my strategies and come back better than ever for Bison. So we'll see. The only problem is I think that all the players down south for Bison are really good players, too. So... It's going to be, if not, you know, more hardcore. So it's going to be quite the quite the challenge here in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, overall, super fun time. I, I think I would give this a 9 out of 10. I'd take one point off just because um, of the space between the tables and because I didn't win. Not <laughs> but like totally, totally a nine, 9 out of 10 as far as how it was run and everything so what do you think floyd yeah i, I, I definitely you know i this is i don't have a lot of uh, point of reference but um having only ever played bug eater but uh you know i i felt like the venue was venue was cool everybody was uh fun to play with it was it was a little hard to do the uh, sportsmanship ranking because you have to do you you, know, you put everybody in in a rank uh which i guess you know forces people to not give you know 100% scores all across the board but you know I, I didn't have a single opponent that I felt was like worth last place on sports and stuff so that was a little a little more difficult to, to pull off and I also totally agree yeah. and also took a lot long time for uh, for Steven to uh, calculate but yeah it was a you know it was a great time and uh, we, you know oh we're we also got a, a, a corn trophy yeah <laughs> Yeah, we can talk about that. So Russ came out with that corn trophy. If you want to learn more about the story of that, you can watch my video that I'm going to put up. I'm going to do a tournament recap with videos of all the armies and actually the award ceremony for the tournament. And that'll be on uh, wardollies.com or wardollies on YouTube. You can just go there and view um, everything, including the award ceremony, see who won the tournament and everything. Um, because of the fact that unfortunately and this is kind of a sad thing uh russ's wife broke her arm and was in the er so travis uh travis couldn't get out to iowa because russ was his ride 
and Russ couldn't make it obviously because of that unfortunate event. So our prayers and thoughts are with Russ and, and his wife um, because, uh, yeah, that's not good at all. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, prayers for the doctors and healing, you know, for her. And uh, just wanted to uh, say that our, our group of Outlanders that made it out was greatly decreased and uh, without quality players like Travis and Russ <laughs> who are you know seasoned veterans of the game uh, we we didn't have the best showing <laughs> so uh, Dan myself and Floyd unfortunately brought back the worst club award <laughs> which is a corn cob that is on top of a trophy so it looks like something phallic that belong somewhere unpleasant uh, so so we we have to bring that back but Russ has to s decide if he's gonna try and give that back to them next year at Buck Eater if they lose to us or whatever or he's gotta decide if he's gonna just set the thing on fire and throw it in a dumpster which I vote for but I don't know <laughs> so, I, I, I think I like the idea of uh, getting you know foisting it onto somebody else to suffer for yeah maybe we'll send it back to Iowa next year or something and hopefully next year for Iowa GT more of us can make it it's really I mean making it two hours out here from Omaha it's not a not a bad drive at all really great time um, I I don't know I I think that just having you know bug eater and this GT it this close it it makes it even on a year where maybe I'm on lockdown, you know, from the wife. I can at least make it to two GTs without much trouble. And uh, this year I'm, I'm killing it, though, you know. Made it to Adepticon, did Bug Eater, did Lady of the Lake, did this. Going to do Bison and then maybe Renegade. So if I can make six in a year, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty darn good. Uh, as far as making it to GT, so I'm very happy with that. Um, but yeah, uh, very well run tournament. I also, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta say that when when I think about it, the uh, sportsmanship scoring ranking one through five. Um, if you just think about it as who was my favorite, and not so much as who was my least favorite. I know that every every time every time I've ever voted sportsmanship on a like score for each person out of five, I usually put everybody at a five because I don't ding for sportsmanship, even if like there's a person who uh, I don't get along with, but then like they're really apologetic to me. This happened before to me once where someone was really apologetic to me and they realized they did some some movements wrong and stuff. I did not ding them at all just because they 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 were kind of figuring things out and you know and sometimes you know people people are figuring the game out or learning things or or uh, you know I, I can't ever ding somebody on not knowing the game I ding somebody if they like legitimately did something wrong to like cheat or something which I I don't think I've ever run into honestly in Kings of War because usually if somebody's doing something tricky or or not along the lines, you can usually point it out and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I had no idea, you know. But, um, and you know, I've been wrong before too. <laughs> A lot. Uh, but, but I think that at first I was like, this sucks because I don't want to rate somebody fifth, you know. But then the more I think about it, it's probably the best way to go for sportsmanship, in my opinion, just because for the TO, when they get all their sportsmanship scores back and everybody's got a 5 out of 5, it doesn't really create any separation in sportsmanship between anybody. I think there should be like maybe two sportsmanship scores where it's like you get the 0 out of 5 and then that way you know, okay, this person did was really pleasant to play, but then also maybe rank your top 5 at the end and that way you can use that as kind of like a tiebreaker. And anybody who got like a first place in that, it's automatically an extra point, bringing them up to like six points. That'd probably be a good way to do it. So that way, you know, that if you started with five, then you get those bonuses from the top rating. And that way it's not dinging anybody, you know? But I don't know. I, I'm just coming up with ideas. 
and uh, I understand from a TO perspective how that could be beneficial to just have like the one through five so that way you can give that separation because otherwise with 26 to 40 people depending on the tournament or more or <laughs> you know it can get pretty crazy and a lot of ties could occur especially when you got that many people in sportsmanship but anyway I'm getting long-winded here I've got I'm Bill and I have ideas <laughs> and I have opinions so uh, we're headed back to Omaha I feel like that was a great tournament weekend thank you Floyd for joining me on this adventure hey uh, you know what I uh, I didn't even mention it but I, I brought home a trophy so that's cool oh yeah <laughs> I gotta talk about that real quick Floyd won the best was it best painted army best appearance yeah. best appearance so Floyd's display board if you want to see that, you can go on wardollies.com, wardollies on YouTube, and check out the uh, the video because I'm going to have your army on there for everybody to see. But uh, your display board is immaculate. Your army is really well painted. looks gorgeous, um, especially Hugging Troll. He's my favorite. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, super awesome. Super awesome army, and uh, it looks like you got the best appearance, and uh, and came home with a, a sweet dagger that's engraved and a major award. Yeah, a major I mean, for my, my, my second tournament, I wasn't going in expecting yeah. anything like that, so that was uh, that was really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I learned my lesson at Bug Eater when I didn't know that a display board was like, I didn't know that thing, that sort of thing existed. And I had my <laughs> dwarf army just kind of like chilling on the table, so I, uh, I made the conscious decision this time that if I was going to paint an army from scratch, it was going to be make sure it had something to sit on that looked nicer than whatever the table terrain was. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you went overboard, like not overboard, but just like you you uh, hit a home run with that. You you went head first, let's just say, all in. Because <laughs> that display board is above and beyond anything anybody else had at the tournament. So it has a tower on it. It has like a wrecked building where your giant is crushed stepping through a building. And it's got like these marshes with the resin water and everything, water effects and all this cool foliage <laughs> and like moss growing out of the rocks on your tower and stuff. It's it's super well made, man. And, and like the rock formations out of the styrofoam that you painted up. You're gonna have to teach me how to do some styrofoam stuff so I can do something like that because I've never actually worked with styrofoam before, so. It's, it's super easy, that's what I love about it. You just pinch off the the extruded or the, um, the you know the, the styrofoam insulation you can just pinch it off and then you just wash it and dry brush it and all that all the texture comes out it looks really cool nice. and it takes almost no work though so it's I like that I like I like the idea of no work for maximum benefit so <laughs> that's it so we're gonna have to have like a terrain day or something so I can learn how to do that but um yeah, super awesome. Uh, congratulations on your award. Also, another cool thing about this tournament, just to add on to that, is like everybody at the tournament won a prize, which was really cool. There was a ton of prize support, which was which was great. Like I got a box of a regiment of palace ogres for Basileans, which is really neat. And you got what'd you get? I got a undead troll regiment, or yeah, the three of them. So nice. undead trolls. I'll, I'll probably figure out a way to convert them into the ogre army somehow. Or I might just leave them. If I have an undead army that I don't play. Maybe I should play it some more. You know what my palace guard are probably going to end up becoming? They're probably going to end up becoming my siege breakers for my actual ogre army. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Because, yeah. I mean, they're ogres in lots of armor. <laughs> so I feel like they'd work well as siege breakers. Definitely. We'll see if that's how it works out. And uh, otherwise, I mean, I can still model them up and paint them up real nice, and they can end up being, you know, allies for another army. That's the beautiful thing about King's War is you can get multi-purpose out of the unit and make it a pretty cool thing. But, um, okay, that's that's it. We're headed home. Thanks again to Rob Fanuf for being amazing and editing my rambling. So have a fantastic time with that. And uh, until next time, keep on countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. 
Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. That's one of those pronunciations that comes back from like 400 years ago or whatever. Yeah. The English language has changed and... For sure, man. I, I've had many people call me Stefan over the years. And it's well, like, That's... I want to make sure I get it right. So. It, it is Stephen. Think right. of it as a V. Stephen DeRose. My, my son will have a V, not a PH. So. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. Go with it. Hey, man, let's make him, make him a Stephen with a PH. Teach the world. <laughs> there we go. All right, so... So you're just looking up who's going to be. Yeah, this will take, like, two No minutes. worries, man.